We are Carlo and Rachel Capua from the great city of Fort Worth, Texas. And through this video blog, we'll discuss all things life, love, and education. So here's the thing, just because a story was good doesn't mean it wasn't hard. We'll share what we've learned and are learning in our work, marriage, and life. That's right, from entrepreneurship and graduate degrees to living debt-free and everything in between, welcome to The Good Stories. Hi there, welcome to episode number two of The Good Stories with Carlo and Rachel Capua. We are so excited you're here. First, if this is the first time that we're with you, thank you for joining us. This is just something that we're doing to bring you into our home, talk about good conversations, good stories, but it's oftentimes hard stories. And we're just so grateful for the feedback that we got on episode one, where we shared about how we met and how our wedding day didn't go as planned. We had white roses then, and we have <laughs> orange slash red roses. It's raining outside. It's kind of gloomy. So we're just grateful to spend part of our day with you uh, and talking about rejection, which of course isn't always... Um, a great topic, right? Who, who likes to be rejected at the end of the day? But when we've been thinking about this quite a bit and wanting to bring you this next episode, we thought a lot about what would make uh, sense to visit just vulnerably, right? Mm -hmm. And authentically about a topic that's actually changed our lives. And so we're going to talk about how two rejection letters change the trajectory of our journey academically and personally. And then we have some really exciting news about Carlo at the very, very end. So stick with us if you would. Yeah, when you talk about rejection, it's almost like we should have put some dead roses in there because, you know, most people think of rejection sure. as something so negative. And at the time, it can be totally demoralizing, especially mm -hmm. when it comes from out of nowhere and when you least expect it. But really the key is how can you take something that's a hard experience and turn it into something positive to use it as fuel to push you to achieve things, to strive for things, to dream for things that you never would have thought possible before. And it's really funny. We both have such a unique experience with our, our pursuit of higher education. We were both, we were both rejected from our dream schools in, in almost similar fashion. And it fueled us both in very similar, but sort of divergent ways to um to achieve things we never thought we could have achieved and it's amazing when you have the plan in your head you have it all mapped out perfect and life sometimes takes a detour doesn't it in many many ways uh, education um religion um going to school raising kids love all those things you have it all mapped out and then reality tells a very different story what do you do yeah. so we hope by sharing our stories and just trying to make them a little funny and interesting Maybe you can gain something from the scar tissue that we've had from from those two uh, those two tough memories. And as we shared in episode one, we are going completely unscripted. We have no notes. Uh, I did have a notepad last time, which I wrote nothing on. So today, I just have hot tea. Carlo is uh, maybe going to show you something at the end uh, to announce our our big news. But we just. We're just grateful that you're with us. And so we're actually going to start with Carlo's story and then I'll wrap up with mine about how rejection really has changed. Maybe even how we think about uh, when the when the no comes or when we get a no that we're grateful for the no's because that just means that we're getting closer to the right yes. And uh, in working with students, even in my, my work in higher ed, I always used to tell students that I worked with when they didn't get that dream job or they didn't get into the grad school that they thought that just be grateful, be grateful for the no's because sometimes it just doesn't mean right now. It's not a no forever, but it's just not a right now. So Carla, mm -hmm. why don't you tell us a little bit about 
your story in particular and how you uh, really took a, a rejection, if you will, and made it into something you didn't probably even expect. No, no. Well, like you said, sometimes a no now means a huge yes later. You just don't see it. Case in point. When I was in the seventh grade, my sister, my big sister, Maria, who's always been my hero, she got into her dream school. And so all through high school, I'd visit her. You know, my family would go up north and visit her. And every time I'd visit her, I would just walk around the campus and just be amazed at this amazing university, story, tradition, history, spirit. I mean, everything you could want in university. And every time I'd come back home, I'd come home with more sweaters and more posters and more little basketballs and footballs with this, with their emblem, their signature emblem on it, to the point where in high school, everybody knew that I wanted to go to this university. Like people were sick of me talking about this university. And I was so convinced, I was so convinced that I was supposed to go to this university that for my high school graduation, you know, you can get a little, you can get a little something like engraved in, on the stone in your ring, your high school ring. I had the mascot engraved on this stone in my ring before I'd even applied, much less been accepted to this school. And so Which is a huge deal. I mean, you you must have thought, okay, this is just this is gonna happen. Well, I'm this like, is this is gonna happen. I'm there's like, just no there's no question. Well now I'm like, where, where were my parents? Like where, where was my high school guidance counselor on this <laughs> thing to talk me out of this? <laughs> so, you know, long story short, so I, I fill out the application and me, you know, being Mr. Okay, this is what I this is my destiny, guess how many schools I applied to in for going to college? One, I applied to one school. Again, where was my counselor? I don't know. I applied to one school. I put all my eggs in the basket because I knew, I knew, I knew in the bottom of my heart, this is exactly where I was supposed to be. I was convinced. I mean, I was 18 years old and I knew everything. And so... So you thought. So I thought. So, so I got a letter back and it said, hey, we've, we, thanks for your application. We're going to put you on the wait list. And I figured, okay, well, this, this school had been all male since its inception and only for about 10 years had it been co-ed. So I'm like, okay, well, they've got more men than women. So they're trying to bring the numbers up. No, no biggie, no biggie. And this is like, you know, March or April getting really close. And then the letter came, the letter came that said, you know, when you're waiting for a package, you hope it's one of those big vanilla envelopes with something special in it. And mine was just one of those regular letter, white, plain envelopes. And I remember opening up my letter in my room and reading those words, dear Carlo, we regret to inform you. And that's about as far as I got. And that was probably, you know, at 18 years old, that was the most crushing, devastating thing that had ever happened to me. And, you know, when you experience rejection in the moment, you feel, you feel unworthy, right? Not enough. You know, what did you do wrong? And this can be in anything, not just in academics, right? But even, uh, gosh, there's so many scenarios that we even talk about. We're, you know, coming from divorced families is something that both of us have in common. And, and we, you know, we've talked a lot about, we have, we have loving parents, of of course, uh, but there's a lot that comes with being, you know, the product of a divorced family or, um, again, in your professional journey, being rejected for a position or being rejected when it comes to a relationship or being, being broke up with or all those things that can be just so heartbreaking in the moment and valid. I mean, naturally they, they are for us, our academic, 
uh, ventures have, have certainly have certainly been that. So what happened next? So I remember I took that letter and I crumpled it up and I threw it across the room and I cried myself to sleep that day. Oh. And um, so I had to really scramble because the application deadlines were closing for every other universe in the, in the country. And so my parents suggested that I, I look at TCU at Texas Christian University. They're, they're in Fort Worth, they're here local. And so I think the day of the deadline, I put all my stuff together and I turned it in and, and I got in. And um, in my head, I was already at this other university. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go until Christmas and I'll, I'll just transfer in. And so for the first six weeks of my university experience at TCU, I was miserable. I mean, I was miserable. I, I convinced myself that I wasn't supposed to be there. I was supposed to be at this other university. So I didn't get involved. I didn't make friends. I just sat in my room and was just waiting it out. I was waiting out for, for four months until the end of the semester. And one day I woke up and I said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so I called up a few friends that I met at freshman orientation. I went out with some friends at frog camp. I, I joined an intramural soccer team. I got involved in student government. And slowly but surely, my experience began to take a, a complete 180. And I'll, I'll never forget my, the last day of class, my dad came and picked me up. And he said, hey, I, I talked to that other university, the admissions department. Mm -hmm. And they said they reviewed your application. And uh, if you want to transfer in starting in January you're set. I just need to write the check. And I just needed you to tell me where to go. Yeah. And conflict. I mean, I'm sure that the conflict oh, in which you felt was just immense. Totally yeah. different, right? I, I think I was expecting to feel more conflicted because sure. I looked at my dad without blinking an eye and I looked around and we were standing right outside. There was Frog Fountain and I was looking around mm -hmm. campus and I said, I said, dad, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm, I'm a horn frog. I'm a TCU horn frog. And, uh, and talk about a, a transformational experience that going from rejection to, to having an incredible, incredible college experience that took me after that to Japan and Mexico and Africa. And, and had I not had that experience at TCU, my life would have been different. I would not have met you. Um, you know, you look back at things that you wouldn't have experienced and think, man, sometimes God puts those brick walls up uh, just in order to, 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 to see how bad you want to get through them and to redirect you. Mm -hmm. You know, and, I, and I've been I've been coy about the university, and I you know I don't want to seem spiteful, so I didn't say the name <coughs> Notre Dame. Um, I, didn't, I didn't, and actually, you could probably look up where his sister went. This is the, this is the letter that I got. I kept it because I thought one day I'm going to show them. Sometimes getting rejected is the best thing that can happen to you, because this has fueled my fire since that day. On it's all crinkled. June, yeah, it's crinkled when I when I ripped it up when I tore it up. June 18th, 1996, and I told myself, I'm going to save this letter, and one day it's going to do, uh, it's going to make me fuel my fire to achieve things that I never would have had I not been rejected. And so this is it. This is the one that says, yeah. And so I keep this with me whenever I talk to students about going to school or overcoming rejection or being worthy, I show them this letter because this is really what it was all about. So thanks, Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I love, I love that story. And mine is, is similar in a way. Uh, I, I knew TCU was my dream school. I went on campus. Many of you watching this might be horn frogs. You go on campus. There's just something really special about the community and about being with, you know, with, with others. And so I just, I just knew it. I knew that this is where I was meant, I was meant to be. And I remember so vividly just 
the emotions, right, of applying and visiting with students now. You know, I, I talk about this quite a bit in more personal settings. I haven't shared this um, as publicly outside of a time or two, but I, I really, uh, I just, I feel the emotion so much because I ended up applying to TCU as a first year student. I remember literally going to the mailbox that day, getting the letter, opening up and reading it. Uh, same thing, you know, the language that they say, you know, we're so sorry that whatever it might be, you know, I was rejected. I, I didn't get in. And at that moment, I was just, I was confused. I think it goes back to not feeling enough or not feeling, you know, worthy or not feeling smart or not feeling all the things, you know, fill in the blank. And and I just, I felt defeated. Defeated's probably the best, the best word. And so for many reasons, I decided uh, to go the community college route. And now all these years later, community college and transfer has become my, uh, it makes my heart beat faster. My research is in transfer. My dissertation was in community college transfer students to private institutions. It's just, it has made me who I am. So hindsight, it has become much more than I ever thought it would. But I ended up going to Collin College uh, out right outside of Dallas, uh, where I'm from, and I went and and did everything that I could to to mentally and emotionally and academically prepare myself for for TCU. I went into my two year associate's degree knowing that I wanted to transfer to TCU, and so that's what I did. I, I talked I, my last year. I went and and spoke with the admissions, you know, office at, at the institution, literally on a weekly basis. I think I called them every week. Uh, so persistence is power and, and those things make a difference. And I was involved in Phi Theta Kappa. I got, I tell you, you know, it, it really transformed my sense of commitment and perseverance and grit because I had this mission in mind and I knew that I had to get there and I knew how to get there. I just had to do the work. And so I ended up getting accepted to TCU as a, as a junior and as a transfer student. But where the story gets really interesting is that I, I got accepted, but I also was, uh, I had the opportunity and the privilege to, to attend TCU as a chancellor scholar. And so I tell, we talk about, uh, really, I don't tell the story very often, but when, when we talk about it, you know, it's this, it's this, Two years before I I didn't get accepted to the institution, and then two years later I had the opportunity to go on a full tuition and fees scholarship, and it was I just remember getting the news, and I have my letter uh, that I got from TCU sharing that I had been admitted, um, you know, for the institution, and then another letter came saying that I was a chancellor scholar, and I just I was just so grateful. I felt like my my, I was, it was a character building moment experiencing the two years prior. I had this thought that, gosh, you know, rejection was hard, but I am sure, I'm sure glad I, I'm just, I was so grateful that it had happened because had I gone two years before, I wouldn't have been eligible likely for a scholarship like this. And so it just, it changed my whole outlook on, on just timing, how timing is just so, so important and it was just, it was, it was a gift. So I ended up going to TCU. I, I took advantage of everything that I could in two years because I wasn't there for four. And it, it changed my whole outlook on, on, 
on life in the sense of we wouldn't, as same with Carla, we wouldn't have met otherwise if I had not been a student. We talked in episode one how we met. That orientation was literally a transfer orientation dinner that I had the opportunity to be part of and planning. And so it's just every, I think, you know, God is so good because every single step and every single no or every single rejection outside of just these even two stories that we've experienced has led us to exactly where we've needed to be. And it was actually the impetus kind of for why we wanted to do this because, you know, we're going through hard life stuff just as you are, right? And and there's things that, you know, that we don't always get the chance to talk about. And and this was our hope to bring some of these more lighter things, you know, even at the, at the forefront so we could talk about some deeper things in later episodes. And I just, that for me was a very transformative time. I think maybe that's our word for the episode, you know, for this, this time together. It's just, it's timing. It's being okay and confident that that no you might get or that, you know, that feeling of rejection that you may feel is, is temporary because there's something so good coming your way. Yeah. It's almost like when you get the no, when you're so totally convicted that something is supposed to happen the way it is in your head and it doesn't happen, you got to think, what is someone trying to tell me? Yeah. You know, sometimes it's a, you're like, okay, well, if I was so sure and I'm so disappointed, then there has got to be something even bigger and better waiting for me that I, I can't even imagine. It's hard to think about that in the moment. It's easy for it's so us hard. to say that now, yeah. but it's so, because you, you have it so mapped out so well, but, and it's so weird because the more you experience rejection, I think in many cases, the easier it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all depends on your, your mentality, right? If you, if you going, if you feel like the victim and that's how you are going to look at the situation, then you're likely going to be the victim. But if you think there's something bigger and better out there waiting for me, then then there usually is. There usually is. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to end with you today on sharing some really exciting news. Uh, and it's been kind of a year, a year in the making. You know, education being a big part of our journeys, we thought it was only most appropriate to officially share on this. And so a year, a year and a half ago, more than that, maybe, um, we were sitting across from each other at Campisi's and we were visiting about, about Carlo's next steps and in, in life, you know, and we're like, you know what, maybe graduate school for you is something in your future. What do you think about it? And, and when she asked me so, that, you know, I said, not only no, but hell no. Yeah. Cause I just watched her finish her doctorate and she went all the way through and that's after being being rejected from a you know four year university and saying, well, I'll show you. And she got her, you got your bachelor's, your master's, and your doctorate. And I thought, man, talk about talk about turning the tables on what destiny was in, had in store for you. And so it just inspired me to to take off that, remove that imposter syndrome that I had about trying to go back to school after nineteen years of not being in school. Yeah. And, and he now he said on multiple like multiple times did you say over the last <laughs> several years I'm just that's just not for me I'm just not interested in going back well we are I'll let you tell the news and then well I had a lot of people tell me yeah, yeah you don't you don't need to go back to graduate what you're gonna learn more through life and life experience and I kind of had myself thinking that and and mm-hmm. that you know I was sure, I was fine sure. with it's it not but forever. it's yeah it's, but going back and being intellectually challenged um was has been an incredible uh, adventure for me (laughs) remembering how to write and how to take notes and how to study and how to cram and i mean all that stuff all those sort of things that you're glad you don't have to deal with you have to deal with 
And so um, through, this was a year long application process to get into this program. And uh, I still can't even believe it's real, but uh, I am uh, officially a, <laughs> I can't even believe <laughs> yeah. I'm saying this. I bought this off of Amazon. It's huge. It's I'm huge, officially a, a, an admitted master's student at, uh, at Harvard University. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's, um, it's through, there's a program called the Extension School, and it's essentially for, for busy professionals who, who can't go and, and live in Cambridge and study full-time. You can do part of it in person at Cambridge on campus, and then part of it virtual. And of course, right now it's all virtual because you, everything's closed mm -hmm. up there. So I uh, hopefully May of 2022 will be my graduation date, and I will. My my wife will only have uh, two more degrees than me than other than, <laughs> yeah. other than three that she oh, has now. And I didn't mean to match the pennant. That was totally not planned. <laughs> um, I am so proud of you. I was so just. You know, watching him this last year and a half, the work it takes to go through this. And, you know, I being a being a graduate student and Carlo being the spouse and now serving as a spouse to a graduate student is a whole nother. It's a whole other thing. Uh, if you experience this, you know it. It is it is yeah. tough. You have to be so selfless and so committed to you know, helping your significant other pursue what they're after and, and to help them go the distance is, is sometimes a full-time job, you know, cause you, you just want to be so supportive. I want to be so supportive of you just as you were for me. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we're so happy to share that news with you. We have a lot to, you know, to talk about that process and, uh, just tips that, that we're learning and, and, again, going through this graduate school experience to, together in, in our different perspectives uh, so, so stay tuned for that. And if you have something meaningful or exciting to share, post it in the comments below or just send us a message and just say, mm -hmm. hey, you know, this is what I'm going through and this was my rejection. We'd love to hear stories and be able to highlight and, and better understand other people's journeys and experiences, good, bad, and, and everything in between. And it just kind of brings more meaning to the adventure that, that we've been on. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. So thanks so much for being with us for episode two of The Good Stories. Uh, remember, timing is everything. Just because it's not right now doesn't mean that it's not forever or in your future in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and we're just so grateful for your time. So we'll see you next next month, uh, depending on what this cadence ends up looking like. <laughs> yeah. uh, and take good care. Onward and upward. Onward and upward. Thanks so much, Thank everybody. You. Talk to you soon.